Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to TC Live. Back with you for our one-hour pregame show on this Wednesday at the BNP Paribas Open. As always, we are presented by our friends at Safe Life. While paradise may be a metaphorical state of mind, in the state of California, it's a garden in the desert sand. We are down to the quarterfinals in tennis paradise with the final four looming as March Madness continues. Our safe flight order of play has four singles matches. Francis Tiafo looking to make his first Masters semi against Cam Nori. The last American woman remaining, Coco Golf faces Arena Sabalenka. Daniil Medvedev going for his 18th win in a row. And Maria Sakari taking on Petra Kvitova under the lights. Here's what's coming up on the show. With his massive win streak in the quarterfinals at stake, Daniil Medvedev had to manage more than his emotions to survive a three-hour thriller. Plus, a day after her 19th birthday, a determined Coco Golf overcame a late break to secure the win and book her spot in the final eight. And we welcome the great Kim Kleisters to the show to discuss her new role at the Hall of Fame and have a little fun with her Newport classmate, Andy Roddick. Out on the practice court, getting ready to go. Coco has had the crowd behind her all tournament. Check out that head-to-head 3-1 against Arena Sabalenka. Taking on her today. And Daniil Medvedev riding that 17-match win streak. Despite not liking the court surface, the Russian is excelling on it. His streak began a month ago with a win over today's opponent, in fact, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. As always, you can find us inside Stadium One. Second largest in the world, just behind those windows if you're in Stadium Plaza. Give us a wave, say hello, as we bring you inside the BMW Tennis Channel desk. Four wide once again. Steve Weissman, Chanda Rubin, Prakash Amitraj, the Hall of Famer, Andy Roddick. We, we had rave reviews on day one with Roddick. It, what'd you think, Andy? I, I had a great time. I'm happy the reviews are in. And uh, listen... <laughs> Hardest thing in sports is expectation, and it seems like we have it now, Steve. Let's roll. Living up to the hype no, just the, like the, Charlie Alcaraz. I think the three-dimensional Andy is, is, is doing it for me. You know, the two-dimensional I like, but the three-dimensional is working. Yeah, Look. I love it. And, and today he's not faking. Yesterday he had the paper on the desk, never looked at it. Today he said, just throw that paper away. <laughs> just I mean, leave it out listen, there. There's nothing here. Let's, let's see. Let's, let's, let's hope. It's all, it's all up here. It's all up here. All right, let's get you caught up on all the action from yesterday. Starting with the last two U.S. Open champions on the women's side, Chanda. Emma Raducanu, she has fallen to around 80 in the world, while Iga Sviantec favored everywhere she goes. And this was a real test for Raducanu, a good test, because she's been playing terrific tennis, and it was back and forth in the early stages of this first set. Sviantec just making that shot fall at the last moment. But this is where Sviantec started to really find her groove, started opening this matchup, that forehand there, getting Raducanu off balance. Sviantec was able to get the break and on the second set point yeah, gets the miss Fiontek. from Raducanu and when Sviantec gets ahead she is such a good front runner and this became the struggle for Raducanu got the first game of the set 
but would not win another one as Fiontech started really finding her rhythm. The backhand, cross-court there, she's able to hit it up the line, she's able to use the forehand, and there were very few places for Raducanu to go to. She tried to defend here, but Fiontech just so good at opening up the court, and especially when the match is at hand. In the end, a fairly straightforward two-set victory. 22 winners, just 14 unforced errors while converting four of 10 break points. Let's hear from the world number one. I just feel like in these longer rallies, I was uh, the one that showed I can even, you know, put pressure in defense. And it's not so easy to uh, kind of finish the rally. So um, she was actually doing the same because she was running to every ball and sometimes, you know, um, she played those slices which were tricky, but honestly I'm pretty happy with how composed I, I was and disciplined and I just think I played a really solid game. Meantime, the new 19-year-old Coco Golf trying to make the quarterfinals here for the first time, Andy, facing Rebecca Peterson. Golf had won 28 straight matches against opponents ranked outside the top 50. I like it when she comes forward, showing off some of those double skills, getting into the net and forcing the issue uh, with Peterson. It's amazing Coco's 19. It feels like she's been on tour for 10 years already, uh, but always brings the energy, always fights. Uh, Peterson not going to lay down softly, though. Really, crowd is behind her. This passing shot, electrifying. Crowd didn't want to see it. She says, I don't care what you want. I am going to do my thing here in the second set. Coco struggled a little bit. You see her come forward. Peterson was on the mark. Maybe got some rhythm with those passing shots in the first set. Answered the call uh, a lot better in the second. But if we know Coco, even if it's not her best day, she is going to fight. She is going to claw. She is going to use her wheels. That has a cumulative effect, which presents errors like Peterson just made there. Coco kind of laying off that forehand, trying to give herself some space. Maybe not the perfect ball there. Peterson maybe gift-wrapped that one a little bit, but you see Coco just continuing to fight. What Coco does so well is extend points, makes you play one more ball. Peterson match point. Coco's pump said, did I actually get through this thing with my legs, with my willpower? And Peterson's going, what do we do now? Do I have to leave? <laughs> Gotta I gotta go, go home. Yeah, can't you don't stay gotta here. go home, but you get the best get the heck up off that court. <laughs> Coco into the quarterfinals for the very first time at Indian Wells. Joined us in studio after. There was a lot going on in that match, Coco. What was it like out there for you? Uh, it was crazy. A lot of ups and downs in that match. Um, I mean, today, like, the conditions were super slow, so I think we had to play a lot of extra balls and a lot of running, and, and, and sometimes you would hit the ball and think it was good, and it wouldn't be. Um, but really, I think it was just mentally hanging in there. She was playing some good tennis, so I think I just kind of had to weather the storm a little bit. Winning, Chanda, when you don't have your A game, maybe you don't have your B game, that's something that the greats do. And Coco, able to get it done. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's crucial to staying at the top of the game. In golf, she's proving that mentally she's so tough. We've seen it time and time again, her ability to compete, to stay in the moment somehow. I mean, you had the whole crowd trying to will her over that finish line. You could either cave under that pressure or you can rise to the occasion. And so often she's risen to the occasion. It's a little bit of a struggle with her game the forehand I think was a problem at times but when she got down 2-4 in that third set and just dug her heels in it was really impressive stuff 
you know, ever since that first big run at Wimbledon, there's just been so many expectations thrust upon her, and she's had to deal with a lot. I mean, just off the court as well. Uh, all good things, but not all the players handle it well. I mean, she's got her own shoe line and so forth, and all these things, you know, just, just make you need to win out there. And, and she hasn't shied away from it. It was a brilliant match to fight through. And each tournament is completely different with conditions and so forth. This one, really good conditions for her. Nice and slow, gives her a bit more time to be able to generate on that forehand. So she, she's got to try to make use of it. Yeah, uh, the way she moves, it's almost like a strategy insurance policy, right? She didn't have her best stuff today. She was leaving that forehand a little short in the court. Peterson was being the aggressor, right? Coco tried to come forward in the first couple sets, made the adjustment down 4-2 in the third set, like Chanda said. But has plan B, right? I can just go and make balls, right? Like when you're in juniors and you know you could run and make balls and just tough your opponent out, she has that ability. That's how dynamic her movement is, is to say, I'm going to make a ton of balls. I'm going to ask the question of whether you can deal with the pressure set created by me, by the crowd, et cetera, et cetera, to have a grasp of that at 19 years old and not have this ego about I have to play perfect every single match. That is his skill. We don't talk about it as a skill, but that's absolutely a skill that she, she has. Yeah, she's able to figure things out in the middle of a match. Coco into the final eight. How about her doubles partner? Jesse Pagula in action against Petra Kvitova. Beat her earlier this year at the United Cup. So Jesse looking for a, a little bit of payback. Pagula has been in the final eight of every event since last August, Chan. And we pick it up at the first match point that Pagula had serving for. And this forehand from Kvitova was hit hard. This was big and nothing Pagula could do. It would get into the tie break. And this was a fantastic match. Back and forth. A lot of big hitting. Some misses. Kvitova had missed a couple of overheads at this point. So this shot was a lot tougher than it looked. But Kvitova fending off another Pagula match point. And here's number three. And Kvitova kept coming. She kept being more aggressive when she was down. And I think that was the key for her. Excellent volley there under pressure. Kvitova would have her match points as well. But this was number four for Pagula. And again, just a little tentative. And Kvitova, I mean, how could she make another one of those shots under pressure that way? But she did. And on her fourth match point, a serve and volley. Amazing stuff. And what a way to finish. Heartbreaker for Pagula, but Kvitova, she really took that match at the end. Nice embrace there at the net. Jesse saying that too good. Well, well done. Kvitova saving four match points. 4-0 and in our last four matches against top five players. That's what Grand Slam champions do. Back to the men. Can Taylor Fritz get back to the quarterfinals here for the third time? Prakash taking on Martin Fujovic. Well, that's an area of his game that's improved so much over the last 12 months. When he's firing that backhand, there's not too many places you can go. Moving well, getting a lot of balls back, and we all know how much he dominates with that forehand. Takes the first set comfortably, 6-4. An area that he was really strong today, second serve returns. Won 62% of his second serve return points. Nice get here, tracking it down. Second set, he was up. 4-2, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. See, see now, a set in 4-2, this is why he got the break back, because he tried to intimidate Taylor a little bit, tried to flex the guns, and it worked for a second, but, uh, you know, Taylor wasn't having it. He, he, he got broken at 4-2, but bro broke back. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that, oh, no, oh, no. He, he, even even Morgan's give, giving him a little shine We're going to have there. words later about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Morgan, they caught you on the cam. But listen, it, luckily, it, it didn't phase the defending champ. Gets a, gets a break right back. And even uh, despite that, Steve, he gets the win. I mean, Mike, is that going to make the YouTube uh, wrap-up of Indian Wells after the, after the tournament? 
My goodness. Taylor Fritz, the defending champ, back in the final eight. He will take on Yannick Sinner. Now, I mean, he's got some guns there, too. Taylor's doing his thing in the gym. Carlos Alcaraz now four wins away from getting back to number one in the world percussion. Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, they watched him play the other night. They were saying he could be the best athlete in the world. Well, I, I don't know where you go with him. I mean, we all know how strong he is from the baseline, but he's, he's such an aggressive mover out there. His outside leg is so strong, even when you pull him out wide. You just saw his brilliant feel up at net. And to make things worse, after he takes his first set 6-2, Draper obviously dealing with a bit of an ab issue. Not, not sure if it's it's the stress of all the matches at this at this high level or perhaps a little weakness in there. But it is a, it's a tricky area, and you don't want to damage it further. So you, you can see him battling with this in his mind, a little bit unsure. And... You, you just can't have anything less than 110% commitment out there when you're taking on Carlos Alcaraz. Speaking to his box, do I, do I continue? Do I not? A little bit in two minds and certainly can't go up and attack his serve. So he just decides to pull the, pull the ripcord here after this and um, couldn't really do much more, Steve. Yeah, he said the, the injury first affected him late in his Monday win against Andy Murray. So it's that abdominal injury that forces him to retire. Alcaraz on to the quarterfinals. He'll look to make it back to the semifinals where he was last year. And then to Neil Medvedev, Alexander Zverev. Andy, this feels like a, a major semi or a final, and it lived up to all the hype. Yeah, spot on. I, I, we were just talking before the show, and it looks like Zverev is, is ready to kind of insert himself back into the big tournament conversation, right? He, he looks like he's really closing in. This type of form will serve him well in the slams. You're going to look at him being in a semi, in a final of a slam very soon. I'm going to lay out here for a second. <laughs> What a shame to all this awful court and hardcore. <laughs> the difference is when he complains about the court, he still comes back and plays pretty well. This looks scary for a second. If you, you saw the outside, and I wonder what Zverev is thinking through this whole thing, because that's the type of movement that cost him uh, eight months of his tennis life. And he said, no, you're not a doctor. Get away from me. And Zverev's going, yeah, but I did say at a Holiday Inn Express last night. But that was <laughs> that was scary. Uh, that was actually pretty scary for a second. But uh, he's going to be able. He's going to feel that today. But Medvedev, as angry as he looks, and as much of a curmudgeon as he is, he always stays there and fights through. He hates this court. He's told us he hates this court, but he likes winning even more. This was an absolute joke. If this isn't the shot of the day, we should all boycott and walk off yeah. this, this set because there's no shot that was better all day, probably even even this year. So. So you're going to have to scramble if that's not, because I'm done if that's not shot of the day. Mevin, uh, <laughs> you see, he just asked the question every single point. Zverev trying to get the crowd into it. Breaks. It's amazing what pressure will do to you. Cruising through service games. Medvedev serves for it. A couple of loose errors. Speaking of loose errors, the kryptonite. The second serve in a big moment for Alex Zverev. You can see how much that hurts. He's playing such a high level. Feels like he's close to back. And that serve, still there. Let him down a little bit. Bad news for Medvedev. He's going to have to play, keep playing on this court. Good news for Medvedev. He gets to keep playing on this court. <laughs> he talked about that injury after. When I twisted it, I thought I'm going to stand up just fast and fine. And then the pain started uh, growing very fast. So I was like, oh, that's not a good sign. So I honestly thought that's it. That's probably... I felt it's nothing like I didn't break it. But I thought, yeah, maybe one of the ligaments is a little bit... Uh, uh, injured, so I thought I'm not going to be able to play. That's probably one of the first times in my life where a physio taped my ankle. So I decided to give it a try, and what was very surprising, it was much easier to move, to run, than to walk. Mm. 
Uh, sometimes it is that way. Three hours and 17 minutes for his 17th straight win. We talked about it. He doesn't like the court. He says, this is a hard court. No, it's not. I'm a hard court specialist, Chanda. I, I would know. <laughs> that was such a good line on, uh, that he made during that match. And I think part of it for Medvedev was that he just accepted the fact that he was struggling in dealing, and it allowed him to kind of maybe put it behind him and just play the points, play good tennis. He actually got more aggressive after that ankle injury, so maybe that's a style that he can continue to make these courts a little bit better for him. But it was such an entertaining match. At the end of the day, kind of didn't matter who won. We were having so much fun watching it, but it was nice for Medvedev to continue that streak. Andy, you pointed it out during the highlight. I mean, he's one of those players who can get, who can jump on himself, but somehow is able to compete even harder and, and use it. It brings a lot of players down when their body language gets negative and their self-talk gets negative, but somehow he, he almost uses it in a positive way. I remember maybe a clay court season or two ago, he was just complaining all throughout the clay court season. All of a sudden, started throwing in a few decent results there. So, could be, could be a good thing for him. Who knows? But I'm very curious to see how he pulls up after that injury. He managed to work his way through it, but, uh, but any of these kind of things, they, they, they can show up a different way the next day. Yeah, I, I actually think when you, when you tweak an ankle, uh, you're warm when you're out there, right? It's, I think it's actually probably going to feel worse for those first couple of steps uh, when he gets out of bed uh, this morning. It'd be curious to see uh, how the exit door looks when he doesn't like the surface uh, anyways. But to your point, there's not a lot of players who you can listen to a 90-second monologue on how much the surface sucks. <laughs> and then he comes back and creates one of the, the best matches of the year so far. And he stays there. And that's just the way he ticks. Those are his idiosyncrasies. I love it because it never affects the way he competes. There's a difference between someone who complains about everything, who throws the toys around, but you know they're going to be there the next point. And uh, listen, I, I, I got time for it. The guy, also, we, we don't give enough credit for his problem solving yeah. you, know, you said he started coming forward a little bit more and he has to do that on the surface that he doesn't like uh on the faster services when he bleeds his opponent he can keep kind of just plugging away here he needs to look for those little moments when someone's extended he volleys fine he volleys well uh look for those little moments to get forward a little bit maybe it'll ease some of the frustrations <laughs> i'm here for the monologue all day long gotta love daniel medvedev moving on we've got chanda's pick of the day coming up later in the show looking forward to see who chanda's lock is to move on. Plus, would Tommy Paul give or receive another slap in the face in his showdown with Felix Oje Aliasim? We reunite the Hall of Fame class of 2017. Andy and Kim Kleisters chopping it up at the bottom of the hour. And guess who shares a Tennis Channel 20th anniversary story in our next segment? Big Banks, Layla, Giron, we've got it all for you. TC Live at the BNP Paribas Open is presented by Safe Light, the vehicle glass experts. Favorite tennis channel moments. Let's go back to 2019. I was interviewing Miss Serena Williams. Serena had said no to every media member for an interview. And where do they decide to do the interview with me and Serena? Right in the front of all of those 200 people. So I get up there in front of all these people, and I get up to Serena, and I start the interview very professional, you know. She cannot keep a straight face, bursts into laughter. He did it again. Bursts out in laughter again. I mean, this happened three or four times. And if you go back and watch the interview, which is on Tennis Channel's social and YouTube, she, she, she can barely keep it together. I have so much love, not just for her, for the whole family. So to that, for that to happen with a friend at a time where, you know, it was just so exciting. It was the first time traveling around the world for Tennis Channel. Um, memory I'll never forget.
<laughs> we love that. We love that. That's awesome. Yeah, there, there are so many beautiful times with, with TC over the last, you know, three, four, five years. But, you know, I just think about the macro of it all. And, you know, I, I grew up watching so many of these legends playing from Jim, Lindsey, Chan. I mean, Andy, you know, I just completely looked up to you when, when we were playing at the same time. And, you know, just to be sitting here, it's just it's blessings on blessings, you know, 20, 20 years of this. It's, uh, it's magnificent. I love it. And maybe at some point, because you are a professional, maybe Serena will see that and respect it. <laughs> <laughs> Unlikely. Unlikely. She, know, she knows too much. We've had too many good times together. I got I to say, you're saying that. I'm like, I hope not. Because <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty great. Pretty good footage. Uh, so that's one of the best moments we've had here. And, and by the way, love the fact that she turned everybody else down. It was like, me? Yes. I'm going to talk to him. It was so fun. It was or, so or, fun. Or I'm going to laugh with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a moment with talking. him. Yeah. She knew what she was going to do. Everybody she loves knew. to come to TC, man. You know, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Uh, this is where it's at for today's forecast as well. Here's Fox Weather. I'm Fox Weather's Jane Menard, here is today's PNP Paribas Open forecast. We're looking at the weather in Indian Wells, California. Rainy day for our pros with highs in the mid-70s. Don't forget you can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV device. Thank you very much, Jane. Francis Tiafo is blooming in the desert. Could he reign supreme? See what milestone the American reached when we come back. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Ruben Roddick, Amitraj Weissman, back on TC Live, leading up to first ball. Men's quarterfinal action at Indian Wells. Cam Nori, Francis Tiafo, looking to make it to the final four today. Speaking of big foe, he became the first American man to reach the U.S. Open semifinal since Andy Roddick last year. Looking to make the quarterfinals at Indian Wells for the first time, Prakash. Got off to a bit of a slow start here, but uh, point for Tabula to go up for love double break. Now Francis says, all right, I'm going to start playing now. Get the crowd involved. Reels off five games in a row here. I, I love how much he's coming to net. He's got such good feel up there. A little shimmy shimmy to get back to the baseline when he's feeling himself and making good decisions. That's the combination I want to see from Big Foe. Nice forehand on the run going behind his opponent. Just seems to be picking bigger targets, smarter shots. You're not seeing as many low percentage choices out there from Big Foe. Up a break here early in the second. Watch him hold his forehand now. Waits, waits. Opponent commits a little bit. Goes back behind him. Making his life a lot easier when he's doing stuff like that. Served well also. Three for three break points. Save five for six break points. Clean performance. Yeah, he said that 3-0 hold was huge. After that game, I thought it was one-way traffic. Big Foe, 150th tour level victory. Back in 2015, Tommy Paul saved two match points to beat Felix Auger-Aliassime in the U.S. Open Juniors. This match would also feature someone saving match points, Andy. Yeah, Tommy Paul moving like that at 6-5 uh, in the third set. Back and forth affair all night. But listen, you watch here. All you can do is try to play good points on someone else's serve. Wasn't able to fight off that return. Actually hit a decent return. Made Felix hit his least favorite shot. Maybe could have gotten a little bit more. Definitely had a look there, Steve. That's the one 
that he's going to be thinking about over some beers last night. I promise you that. Uh, trying, that was a lucky one by Felix. That may not have been all strings. Snuck in on the sideline, threw Tommy off a little bit. But credit to FAA for sticking in there and playing good points on match points down. Right here, Tommy Paul's thinking, okay, love for you on his serve. Different story than 6-3 up in a breaker. But Felix stayed strong right there. Tommy could have maybe gone after that one a little bit more. A little bit tentative here. Understandable after already having missed five match points. Felix very aware. Bullies his way over the court. Fights through that. Survives and advances. Heartbreak for Tommy Paul. Jose Alley seems saving six match points. He has now reached the quarterfinals of the last six Masters events. Taking a look at the draw, FAA 3-0 against Carlos Alcaraz. So, potential upset at the top. Taylor Fritz taking on Yannick Sinner. Medvedev, Davidovich, Fokina, Nori, Tiafo. It is a sensational final eight. To the women we go. Arena Sabalenka looking for some revenge. Her only loss this year, Chanda, came to Barbora Krejcikova. And this match, we've kind of figured it would be a battle, but Sabalenka yeah, just getting off to a good start, using her power. She's in a different place, a different level of belief in her game. Sabalenka, now that she's a major champion as well, the forehand was firing when it needed to, and that's the big weapon for Sabalenka apart from her serve. But Krejcikova, she is a crafty player. She can produce some power power shots and she is so comfortable up at the net started getting a little more aggressive was able to turn this match around and in the third was so little between these two players but Sabalenka I've been impressed with some of the margin she's continuing to get in big moments she's not just going you know hard and harder and it paid off in this match able to outlast Krejcikova in the third set Leads the tour in service games one, nearly 90%. First quarterfinal at Indian Wells. So looking at the draw here, gets Coco Golf next. Sakari, remember that's a rematch from last year against Petra Gavidva. Maria only lost three games in that match. Muhaba having a great tournament thus far, taking on Rybakina and then Sviantec and Kirstea at the top. When we come back, there she is. Everybody loves Kim Kleisters. Joining the show to tell us about her new job. It is a class of 2017 reunion next. And welcome back to the Southern California desert. Leading you up to first ball of the BNP Paribas Open. Quarterfinals getting underway. TC Live coming your way every day at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then it is a full day and night of tennis from Indian Wells, encore coverage until play begins the next day. Well, Kim Kleister's one of nine women to win the title at Indian Wells twice. She got to number one in the world in both singles and doubles, winning four Grand Slam singles titles, two more in doubles, three singles at the U.S. Open, one at the Australian Open, the first player from Belgium and first mother to reach world number one. And we are so happy to welcome in the newly named honorary Hall of Fame president, Kim Kleister's. Great to see you, Kim. Thanks for having me. Good to see you both. Of course. Uh, what made you want to take on this new role? Um, I mean, I was very surprised when I got the phone call last year from uh, from Todd Martin, and um, but very honored. Um, I the experience that I had um, in Newport um, during the Hall of Fame, um, sharing those few days, you know, with my family there, with Andy and his family, was um, was incredible. And and um, yeah, that was for me a big part where I felt like, okay, I want to be a part of such a great 
um, team, um, the family of the Hall of Fame is um, is incredible for me to be able to still be involved in sports. Although I'm not on the tennis court as much, I still want to be involved and help and and yeah, bring you know tennis to a generation um, and bring the Hall of Fame kind of knowledge to a generation in Europe that maybe a lot of kids don't know about. And um, so that's kind of where I feel my role will will fit in a little bit more. Well, it's a tremendous trio, Kim. Uh, they announced the Hall of Fame. Dan Faber is going to be the CEO. Patrick McEnroe is the president. Great team you got there. How do you plan to work with those guys? Um, so I've been able to get to know them a little bit um, after I played, so after I stopped playing tennis. So Dan, um, I was able to get to know him through the USDA Foundation. Um, so super happy that he's on board now um, with the Hall of Fame. Patrick, I've gotten to know through, you know, doing some TV work. And, and so um, I'm just very interested to learn from them, to see how we can collaborate. We all have different backgrounds, and that's what I find really interesting about it. Uh, we have some great women in our team as well, Gigi Fernandez, Katrina Adams. Um, been in touch with them quite a lot as well. So super excited to just see how this team, how we can bring all our backgrounds together and, and take the Hall of Fame to, to the next level. Well, uh, first thing I did when I realized that uh, Kim was taking on this honorary president role was make sure that I couldn't actually get kicked out retroactively. Um, but uh, two, two, one thing I want to know, and uh, congratulations uh, again on the appointment, Kim. Uh, Well-deserved and, Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I, I think uh, well-supported by the tennis community at large. Uh, one thing that I am very concerned about is, you know, they brought on Patrick. They brought on Mr. Faber. I just want to make sure that you're the one actually making the shot, the, calling the shots and not those knuckleheads. <laughs> um, listen, I um, let me. I, I kind of have to work my way into that relationship before I can kind of put my foot down on something. Um, but I'll try, and I'll always feel your support behind me, Andy. Thank you. I, I support. I support you, not them. I hope they're just listening to you. That's all. That, that's my piece. <laughs> uh, we've, we've got yeah. the class of 2017 with us here, uh, Hall of Fame. What, what made it so special, Andy, to be inducted with Kim? Well, listen, I, I knew. Um, I knew Kim was going to get in. Obviously, everyone knew Kim was going to get in. But uh, just someone that you've shared so much history. I remember the, the first time we were together was in uh, Nagoya, Japan, I think, in, in 1995 or 1996. And uh, the person she is, is today, uh, it was the person she was then. Um, it was so obvious. So um, when I, I thought that I had a shot to get in, it really was uh, very appealing to me to get along with, with, with a friend, um, someone who we, we, we still talk uh, you know, pretty regularly uh, here and there, and um, you know, it, it made it that much more special that that Kim was uh, able to share it, and she mentioned our families being there. So I was way more comfortable with the entire proceedings of the weekend because uh, I had an old friend there. That's awesome. And, and, and Kim, obviously, you've known Andy for so long to to share that bond, that that memory that you'll have for a lifetime. What do you, what do you admire most about Andy? Um, I mean, I I'm amazed about how everything in life kind of turns out. Um, the fact that we were able to share that experience together. Um, he's always been a player and a guy that I've loved watching. Um, maybe didn't know him that well, right? Like we, it's not like we were really close friends where we were playing on tour, but I feel like since I also made the move to the States, he's been somebody who I can, you know, ask 
for advice, business advice, whatever. Like he's, he's, it's, it's really fun. And we've been able to um, share some on-court experiences <laughs> that we might not talk about today, but um, <laughs> it's been, it's been really nice to, to even after our careers, um, you know, seeing somebody who, you know, I care for do well and, and see them, you know, their family grow and happy. And um, that's what it's all about. So I was very excited that I was able to be a part of that day Um you know, it was good to have somebody like Andy on my side because I was really nervous um, during that whole Hall of Fame kind of few days and just to crack some jokes and to laugh and kind of put me at ease. And um, yeah, so it was really nice to uh, to to share that moment um, with him. And um, and still, when I look back on those few days, I mean, it's it's nothing but um, but great things. Sounds like it would have been a, a fantastic mixed doubles team. Well, yeah, well, I, the, the the weird thing was is that uh, <laughs> we would have we would have been relying on her for the for the return games because I certainly wouldn't have helped with breaking serve uh, uh, very we often. We would have been but, able um, to make it work, Andy. We would have. <laughs> I would have been relying heavily on your skill. Uh, I, I would have served and then said, "Well, okay, what's next?" <laughs> Your serve, her return, I mean, that, that's a winning combination, I feel like. Uh, Kim, before we let you go, got to ask you. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was saying, like, I don't think my volleys were good. We might both just stay back and just try to hit a lot of forehand, <laughs> like rip some forehands at our opponents or something. <laughs> Two back. I and mean, we see that a lot with the singles players playing doubles. I, again, like, I, like I'm telling everyone else uh, at the Hall of Fame, I would have just listened to Kim. <laughs> Again, I would have just listened to her and done whatever she said. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can still make another comeback, Kim. We go go for no, no, comeback. thanks. I'm done. I'm no, done. Okay, <laughs> we're done. We're, we're, we're the, the honorary the president of the Hall of Andy. Fame. That's... <laughs> <laughs> thanks for spending some time with us this morning, Kim. Uh, it is always great to see you. Congratulations on that new role, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, Kim. Kim Kleisters, Hall of Famer, now the honorary president of the International Tennis Hall of Fame. We are leading you up to first ball here. Men's quarterfinals, top of the hour. Cam Nori, Francis Tiafo. Can't wait for this one. Andy Prakash, Chanda Steve, back with you here on TC Live. More action from yesterday. Caroline Garcia leading the WTA in aces, winners, and overall victories. Came in 2-0 against Serana Kirstea Chanda. That's why matches are not won on paper. And Kirstea, she can play. She's got so much experience. She was aggressive at some important moments and was able to get yeah, to set point. Sure. And she has a sneaky quick serve. Used that shot beautifully to take the first set. In the second set, though, Caroline Garcia, she fought back. That backhand, getting it done. On to a third, they would go. And down the stretch in the third set, it was Kirsten, actually, who got up three love. And you thought, okay, it's going to be one-sided, one-way traffic. But Caroline Garcia, she fought back. She's got so much confidence now, so much experience being back at the top of the game. And she evened this third set up. Who would the advantage go to? Garcia here, though, just got a little tight. And Kirstea was a little more solid, got the break. Her second match point able to get a huge upset. Second serve, big difference. Kirstea won 62% to 44% for Garcia. Big challenge next, the world number one, Iga Sviantek.
for Kerstea. Back to the men, Andy. Rematch from Rotterdam last month when Yannick Sinner beat Stan Wawrinka. The Italian trying to get to the final eight here for the first yeah, time. As I'm watching this highlight, Steve, I'm just amazed at the type of speed that Sinner is able to create. Night session in the desert. There's no bigger delta between day and night than here at this tournament off both sides. Wawrinka's normally the guy that's bullying people off both yeah, sides. Yeah, yeah. was the What's opposite that? last night with Sinner. Sinner. was great, was aggressive start to finish, uh, even closing matches out, big break points, knockout power on both sides. We were talking earlier, and the difference between players of now and players of 30 years ago is they had a weak side, a side they couldn't attack you on. Sinner's one of those guys out there that can knock you out on both sides. Impressive show. I mean, that's a lot of speed at night in the desert. Impressive victory there. The strong young man hasn't dropped a set yet this tournament. Yannick Sinner moving on. He's got Taylor Fritz next. It's a rematch from two years ago here at Indian Wells. Andy, Taylor Fritz won that match. What are your thoughts on the next quarterfinal? Well, neither of them is the same player that they were two years ago, right? So Taylor obviously winning this tournament last year and really impressive him backing up that campaign with another nice run. Not always the easiest thing to defend. Sinner is no joke on this surface, right? You can't get the ball through. You can't play those little chips down, kind of confuse him a little bit, chips sit up a little I, I was impressed with this match yesterday with, with Rorink, and I think he has a real shot against, against Taylor Fritz. Again, both sides, both the guys can switch directions off that backhand side. It's going to be that first strike tennis. Who's going to walk up and punch someone in the mouth first? All right. Uh, could be the same thing for Francis Tiafo and Cam Norrie. Prakash, Tiafo hasn't dropped a set. Norrie hasn't lost a match in eight matches. Yeah, both playing exceptional tennis last time they played. It, it was a bit of a war in Delray Beach, three sets. Uh, I think the good news for us is we're going to get to see all aspects of the court used. They both like to come in. They both like to use that slice. They both have good feel, and they both like to dominate with that forehand. I think the big key for Francis is when, when you get that big loopy ball from Nori, can Francis step in and take a few of those backhands up the line, maybe shorten the court a little bit, make it a little easier for him to get some looks at that forehand. It's going to be a lot of maneuvering, a lot of chess play. Yeah, I think Nori, the time they played, Nori was sort of rising into, you know, some of his best tennis. Francis Tiafo, slightly different place now than he was then. More confidence, more understanding of how he needs to play, more disciplined tennis, you know, really employing his weapons with more strategy. And I think he's going to need that against Nori. This will be an interesting test uh, for Tiafo. One, I think that, you know, will really show where his game is, especially on this, on these courts with the slightly slower conditions and the fact that Nori plays so well on them. Can Tiafo hit through the Nori defenses? Can he sort of outmaneuver, get in? I think that's going to be important uh, to be aggressive when he has those opportunities inside the court and take advantage against a guy in Cam Nori who has been so impressive here in particular. Two things we don't talk about enough with both of these guys, and they just happen to be playing each other uh, next, is the delta between their spin on the forehand. They both kind of played up and down. You get a lot of kind of RPM, but they both have flat backhands, right? So to adjust off of both sides, normally it's a little bit more consistent. Yannick Sinner goes big off both sides, but the stroke production is pretty similar uh, off of both sides. So to see how that chess match, the two shots I'm looking for is what Prakash said, that backhand where he's getting that kind of high dead ball from Nori where he's hitting that forehand cross court. Can Francis make headway on on that ball being aggressive inside of the court easier said than done and will Nori be able to take kind of bait him into protecting that side and will that open up Nori's forehand up the line to really bruise uh, Tiafo if he catches Francis cheating to that backhand side trying to sneak in will he be able to be able to bleed him up the line those are the two shots I'll look for in the first four or five games of this matchup all right looking forward to this one and the crowd could be a big factor we know Big Foe likes to get them energized they will be going for the American in this matchup Maria Sakri Petra Kvitova rematch from here a couple uh, couple years ago they last played actually it was last year 
Maria Sakura only lost three games. What happens today? Yeah, I think this is going to be a, a very interesting matchup. Sakri not quite playing the type of tennis she played last year, but the fact that she's had to battle to get to this stage means that maybe she's a little more tougher, a little match tougher. Um, you know, but Kvitova, she looked so impressive in how she got through Pagula, being aggressive when she needed to. But I think Sakri, she's got enough spin, enough margin. She's athletic enough around the court. It's such a terrific mover. I think that's going to give her the slight advantage in this match. Up. Should be a fun one in terms of, you know, the styles and seeing if Kvitova can hit through uh, the speed and the court coverage of Sakari. Petra's got to be feeling pretty confident. I, I mean, look, there were moments in that Pagula match where, you know, I mean this in a good way, there was some ugly tennis out there. And to be able to somehow find a way to win, that's got to give you almost more confidence than, than sometimes when you blow your opponent off the court. She's got the kind of power that can, that can hit through this court. I just think the court, it's just better for Sakari. She's going to have a little bit more time to get that, that weighty ball that she has, move Petra around, and try to expose Petra's movement. The last thing you want is Petra stable in the middle of the court, dictating play. So if she can put a lot of balls in play, elongate the points a little bit, I, I think she is the favorite. Yeah, there, there was some drama in, in, in Petra's match last night. Now, what we don't know, what isn't unknown, but could potentially be a factor, is that emotional hangover, right? And she does get the spacing with the schedule. The, 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 the scheduling gods were nice to her, putting her late, after not doing the quick turnaround. Uh, but... When you save a bunch of match points, when it's this topsy-turvy thing, you're battling 40-mile-an-hour gusts last night. There were a lot of factors that were pretty tough mentally, physically. So how Petra kind of pulls up the next day, even if she's fine physically and we have confidence in her fitness, it, it was a test. There was a lot of up and down last night and also how Sakari adjusts to playing at night. She hasn't done it yet. The conditions are way different. We're talking about that ball that gets up and away. It gets a little less up and away uh, at nighttime here in the desert. Should be interesting. I mean, every match Maria's played here so far has been three sets. It's talked about all those unforced errors. If she figures it out, uh, this could be a good one for Maria Sakari. A reminder, you can see all these matches uninterrupted on TC+. And we've got 20% off right now. If you scan the QR code on the screen, go to buytcplus.com. Enter that promo code SERVE when subscribing. This special initiative is available during Indian Wells in Miami. Use it. You're going to want it for the rest of the year. We'll be back with Chanda's pick after this. Back in the desert, leading you up to first ball just moments away. Francis Tiafo looking to make the semifinals here at the BNP Paribas Open, taking on former champion Cam Norrie. There have been record crowds this year in tennis paradise, and the fans, they're missing Andy Roddick. Who is your favorite tennis player? I would say uh, Andy Roddick because he doesn't give a. <laughs> <laughs> Wondering what happened to my cousin. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Even oh Andy, even, he's not capping. Even even <laughs> if that is the case, and you don't give what that gentleman says, you don't give. Would you ever have a mid-match four-two shirt change for seemingly no reason? The gratuitous shirt change would not happen for many reasons, not just because it's <laughs> awkward and. And strange. Uh, that guy didn't look old enough to actually have an opinion about my career. I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, I'm not sure he was around. I think he just uh, he might have been looking for a soundbite, and I think he's won. I think this is what he was looking for. <laughs> he loves your commentary. He, yeah, that, that's probably it. <laughs> he, yeah. he could have been throwing a few back uh, around I, the grounds. I, I think that's likely. Yeah. The, the question <laughs> is, is what he said true? I don't think it's true. <laughs> I don't think it's true. Uh, I, I, I have opinions, um, but I, I, they're not without thought. And I actually, I, I think I, I think I care. Yeah. <laughs> I care. I care about all of you. <laughs> and we love you, Andy. Right. 
Our FanDuel match preview. Coco Golf Arena Sabalenka. Sabalenka, the favorite. Minus 172. But certainly, uh, Coco Golf. Two and a half sets played over under. I, I, I take the over there. What do you think, Rakash? Uh, it's going to be a war, that's for sure. Sabalenka probably in slightly better form, of course, this year on hard courts. But um, I like that three set pick. Why? Yeah. Andy? Uh, I think Sabalenka, I, I hate saying this because I'm such a huge fan of Coco Golf, but I, I think Sabalenka actually rolls here. I think there's too much momentum on her side. With the, when the service fix, you're holding over 90% of your service games. Uh, that doesn't leave a lot of margin for your opponent to kind of squeak through and figure out how to problem solve. Uh, Coco, uh, for all the credit we give her, or that I gave her on this show for getting through that match yesterday, it wasn't her best stuff. If that, sh if that forehand shows up short and hangs there a little bit, Sabalenka will not miss the same balls as, uh, as Peterson. All right. FanDuel, of course, giving all new users 10 times your first bet in bonus bets, up to $200, win or lose. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app now. Start making every moment more. Uh, Ch Chanda, 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 Chanda came in 6-0. and well, We didn't show this highlight for you because we were just going to say it didn't happen, but it did. You had picked Rublev. Nori won. And uh, you lost t 10 Chanda bucks. Hey, she's still in the black. I, went, the I black. went with the favorite. I went based on the odds. And mm -hmm. sometimes you come up a little short. That's, you know, what yeah. you got to accept. That's, that's what happens on these bets. So, so how are we going to make those Chanda bucks back? We're going to go big today, Steve. Okay. We're going to go huge today. She's going for the gusto. Here we are. <laughs> I mean, this is a crazy bet. This is crazy talk right yeah. here. Davidovich, Fokina over Medvedev. But I'm going to go try to make some money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Davidovich, he's played him tough. He's played Medvedev really tight a couple of matches, even though he's lost both. So we'll see today on these, you know, slower courts, see how Medvedev is physically. Um, but, yeah, this is, hey, I'm, I'm crazy. I Andy, know. Andy, you know, Taylor seems like one of those gamblers. You know, we were sitting at the blackjack <laughs> table with her, and she's betting 25, 25. If she loses a couple, all right, let's crank let's it out. Let's double down. Thousand. Yeah, we're not leaving. One loss and you're on tilt? We're not leaving. <laughs> We're going to double down. She hasn't lost in so long that she can't handle one loss. Like that's, that's, that's how accurate her predictions are. She has one loss, and she just panics and picks Fokina over Medvedev on a hardcore Chanda. I mean, look. It's not a hardcore. You're basically betting against Medvedev's ankle is what, is, is what we're doing here. The man no, said he's a specialist there's, yesterday. There's, 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 Did there's, you hear? There's some other things at play, you know, but we're going to okay. see. We're the intangibles. Yeah. The intangibles. Look at the uh, Slim Reaper there. We, ready need, to roll. we have to create some excitement and entertainment here. We can't just be boring. It feels like yeah. you're chasing yesterday. Bucks. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. The ankle looks all right there. It looks there. pretty good. Ankle looks yeah. right. Not as good as foe, but like the it ankle looks, ankle looks, looks all right there. By the way, how do we get this uh, Andy's Slim Reaper called a stick? I, I like well, this better he than says it every day, so I think it's going to become a thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Ba basically, I'm just going to overuse it and hope. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and when he comes on set, we'll ask him, what do you yeah. think? Rada calls you the Slim Reaper. You like it? There we go. Get the right? approval for it. <laughs> As we enter the social net, Yuri Lehechka, he lost here. Then he goes to Arizona, plays the Phoenix Challenger. He, he loses there, so wants to drown his sorrows. Can't get a beer, Andy. He gave him the ID, the driver's license, photo of the passport. Yeah, I, I don't know that I've ever said, like, here's my passport. <laughs> like, fake news, bro. You can't have a beer. But I'm going to let him in on a little secret. A lot of times your hotel rooms have these little refrigerators. He might have been able to problem solve. Just he would have been alone. Thinking, thinking man over here. All right. Well, I, I guess it makes sense a little bit. He does have a bit of a baby face. Weissman, you got a bit of a baby face. When was the last time you got carded? Uh, I mean, at a restaurant. But, like, that's because I feel like they have to.
Definitely this year. Yeah, bro. Yeah. I, I I haven't been carded in a long time. It's because you keep yourself real nice. <laughs> I thought you were gonna come up with a photo. I was like waiting for you to like drop one of these like, secret Steve when he's like 15, but it's last year or something. It'd be like the same exact side by <laughs> yeah. side with you yeah. now and then. Yeah, the, the class photo in college is the exact same. It's super annoying for the rest of us. Uh, we're gonna let you go, Andy, because you're gonna call your first match. Oh, wow. come on now. Oh. I, I don't know what I'm doing, okay. but we're gonna do it. Uh, yeah. Yes. I love it. In studio for yes. the first time, calling his first match with Red Haber and Jim Courier. First up, can't wait to hear that. You might be the only one, but here we are. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Stick with us here on TC Live. More to come. We've got our three to see on tennis.com. Big foe. Whoa, what, uh, what are the tones, Prakash, right there? Uh, a little a strawberry shortcake. Strawberry shortcake uh, on tones. The, on the shirt. Those are more intense tones right there. Yeah, <laughs> this kid's not messing around. He's trying to get title number two. TC Live at the BNP Paribas Open is brought to you in part by FanDuel. Make every moment more. All right, Andy said it earlier. We are all leaving the set if the hot shot of the day is not this play. I mean, not, not, not even close to the Indian well side. And when he gets this opportunity here, it's not just, I'm going to try to make it in play. I am going to swing as hard as I possibly can. And it's a good thing. I'm six foot six. Check this out. Full swinging motion. Looks like the ball was in the perfect spot, huh, guys? Overhead over the overhead. And he jumped. Yeah, and from the back of the court, that extent, I mean, it was just an incredible shot to see, even in real time, but even better in slow-mo. Would we say that Zverev got posterized there? Hmm. No, no. Respectable? Yeah. Because it was such a good shot? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean, it was a hot shot of the day. Fair, yeah. It's, it's one, it, it'll make best of the best of the tournament, no doubt. Absolutely. Top five. Yep. Uh, safe flight order of play. Big foe. Cam Norrie coming up. Top of the hour, just minutes away. Coco Goff, Arena Sabalenka. It, it is all singles on the main court. It is all quarterfinals. Medvedev, Davidovich, Fokina, Sakari, Kvitova. So let's, let's talk some more about, about Chanda's, Chanda Buck's pick. Daniil Medvedev and Davidovich Fokina. 2-0. They played in Rotterdam last month. It was Medvedev uh, that got the win. But Prakash, each time they played, Davidovich Fokina took the first set. Yep. See, seem, seemed fairly comfortable after that. He, here's, here's my issue. I think Daniil serves big enough where he's going to go through a bunch of easy service games. Fokina, on the other hand, that's probably the weakest part of his game. He, on the clay, it's a little bit less of an issue because he gets to start the point, then he starts grinding players all over the court. Medvedev's going to get a ton of looks on that serve. He's going to be in every single one of his service games. So I think that's going to create enough of a disadvantage where Medvedev's going to be able to get some breaks here and there. But as Chenda, as you talked about, there's, there's a lot of other intangibles that could come into play. Fokina is talented up at net. Is he going to get out of his comfort zone? I think he's going to need to have a shot. Hmm. Uh, Maria Sakri, Petra Kvitova. Who you got in this one, Chanda? Yeah, I think I, I will give Maria Sakri the edge. I think she is moving well enough on this surface. She's got enough time. She's getting you know, into these tough spots and matches and has just enough confidence to work her way through. I think that's going to help her in this matchup. She's going to have to fend off some heavy shots, some deep, you know, penetrating shots from Kvitova. But I think she'll be ready for that. She's got the movement and the speed. She also has the ability to to transition on these courts and I think that's going to be important as well. I think this is the match where, where Sakari finds that A game. Yep. If Kvitova has the A game too, who knows? It's a pick em, but uh, we'll, we'll see how these conditions factor out. Francis Tiafo and Cam Nori. What do you want Francis to do early in this matchup, Prakash? 
Well, we talked about a little bit earlier in the show with Francis needing to kind of step into the court a little bit and take away that big loopy ball from Nori, trying to use that backhand up the line. And, of course, Nori, the, the opposite way, trying to flatten his forehand up the line, pull Francis out wide to his forehand. So probably the two shots you want to look for specifically. But I also want to see how Francis starts. Didn't get off to a great start against Tabillo in the last one. I don't think he can afford that against Nori. Nori's a good front runner. And Francis has also played later in the day. Most of the time this week had a couple of night matches early as well, including doubles. So I want to see how he responds to an early start here. I mean, if you're playing at 11 o'clock, you, you got to get up pretty early to get your routine, your warm-up, all that in. So want to make sure the body is nice and good to go. Good thing he got through in straight sets in that last one um, so he could rest up for this. You know, my first concern here is it seems like Cam Nori won the battle of the golf courts. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. Always that, that's always a little chance? concerning. I mean, it doesn't have to mean a loss, but it's a little concerning, <laughs> you know, right now. But, you know, I think uh, Tiafo, I think he's playing aggressive enough tennis to be able to counter what Nori can throw out there. Obviously, he's going to have to, you know, get down and pass on occasion. He's going to try to get in uh, Tiafo and, and try to control the middle of the court as often as possible. That's not as easy to do, you know, with the, the changes in trajectory on the Nori forehand versus the backhand. But I think uh, for Tiafo as well, the slice, you know, has been a really mm -hmm. added shot in his arsenal. I think that may come into play a little more today. I think he has the complete game uh, to really trouble Nori and get a win on these courts. Uh, but Nori, he has been so impressive. Had to battle a couple of matches ago, but in his last match, really handled the pace of Rublev beautifully. And I think he should feel pretty confident against this matchup against Tiafo. He, he walks onto Stadium One knowing this is a court yeah. where I won the, the biggest title of my life a couple of years ago here at Indian Wells. What are the things that Cam Nori needs to focus on, Prakash? Well, I think he's got to make uh, Francis feel a little bit uncomfortable out there. Uh, we've talked about it. These two players, they're comfortable at all different parts of the court. I mean, they're, they're very comfortable up at net. Francis has shown some beautiful feel up there. Francis obviously has a bigger first serve, I feel, than Cam Nori, so he may get a few more free points there. I, I think what Cam needs to do is tr try to pin Francis back. So we talked about it first. That, that forehand is going to be a huge weapon for Cam. He's going to be able to get that loopy ball uh, going cross-court, perhaps flatten a few up the line. But once in a while, let, let's pressure that Tiafo backhand, not, not just from the baseline with the forehand, but come in behind it. Make Francis come up with a few passing shots, make him move and come up with a few backhand passing shots on the run. Those are spots that even though Francis is a great athlete, and can produce some good defense in, he doesn't want to be living there. So I think if he can put him in a few more of those spots, uh, I think that's, that's going to be good for Ken. They're ready to go. Andrew Krasny going to introduce the players walking onto Stadium One. Big foe, hoodie on. He helped the U.S. Just put the, the right United song as he comes out there. This season from Orlando, Florida, please welcome Francis Tiafoe. Has not lost a set yet on the way to his third Masters 1000 quarterfinal. The tones are strong for the American sensation. But he'll be taking on this man, Great one the British number one. Champion Cameron Norrie. Cool, calm, collected. It's a three-man booth to call it. Roddick in the house with Courier and Haber. We'll be at the desk all day long to interview the winners. Quarterfinal Wednesday in the desert, folks. Enjoy it. Thanks for watching TC Live.